0: We gotta be we gotta make it count then hey everyone and welcome to the black flag podcast tonight we're switching it up a little bit we're talking about sales with Adam Kramer he's the second best salesman in our at our job he's the best Derek is the third and uh he's also tied for third
1: <laughs> that's actually an interesting thing to think about which of which of us is the best it's it's Adam well Daniel's a killer East though. he is yeah daniel gets those like two hundred forty thousand dollars
0: or two thousand two hundred forty kws yeah. the big ones so say you've never done a single sale before in your life where do you start what's the first
2: thing you got to know that's a good question um i am a firm believer in you have to do it before you can learn it like you if if you're going to go and work on a project i personally i think that preparation becomes procrastination super super quick so if you feel that you have to go out and read all these books you have to go out and watch all these videos you have to go out and take all these courses Mm -hmm. before you're going to get started you're learning before you're actually doing and you're not going to know where to actually apply that knowledge right like you guys you guys read flip course right Mm -hmm. so like when you go through and you actually do something before you read you're actually once you're reading it you're able to be like oh that's what i'm doing wrong Mm -hmm. right rather than not actually making those mistakes first Mm -hmm. so first off is just going out there and actually starting to sell Okay. And how did you get started in sales? Um, first was door to door. I mean, literally exactly as I said, you have to do it before um before you can learn it. And it was I mean kind of one and a half days of door knocking with somebody and then just kind of <laughs> thrown to the wolves and sink or swim. Hopefully hopefully you can do it. So um you, mean you
1: didn't have good training. I know it in sales. <laughs> Ever in sales. And in door to door sales.
2: I didn't have good training. That's crazy. I know, it's uh, mind blowing. Yeah. So went from that to literally at home as soon as I mean my first after my first paycheck of seeing what it actually was, it was YouTube videos, reading. I mean, immediately, and like it just started a started a journey. And
1: did you feel like, like when you did you feel like when you were approaching it, you were
2: like, "I'm going into sales." Did you look at it that way? Um, I would say yes, and the reason I say yes is because of how I dressed the first day. Yeah, almost. I had I had no guide on dress code. And it was my you, This was November in Minnesota, uh-huh. and when I went rolling with the guy, it was he has tennis shoes on and over or yeah, yeah over, overalls. overalls. So <laughs> Yeah, so he's rocking like a full on. He's he's dressed for the weather, and I'm out there in dress shoes, dress pants. I had a Tommy <laughs> Hilfiger like jacket on. Like I was out there dressed to impress. Cold as shit the entire time. I was yeah. so the
1: opposite. I went out in skate shoes. In cargo shorts and a t-shirt and I'm
3: like, all right let's go
2: <laughs> yeah no i i definitely went out there imagining i'm getting into sales and i felt like i needed to be either i don't know at a funeral or a car salesman i don't know what one right. i looked more like but yeah mm-hmm. yeah
1: because i i probably did door to door for like a year before i felt like I, I was a salesman like i was doing things that i was told and trying things and working things but i didn't feel like i was selling people you know so i don't know it played in my advantage because i was kind of like naive and just like oh i'll just say this thing and when i say that it works i looked at it like a like a job like i worked in warehouses and stuff like oh if this machine's broken you oil this you move that you do that a little different and it works so i just did that with conversations i like, go oh, if i move this part of the conversation over here and i say it like that then it'll work better and I just kind of learn like that But eventually i was like after like just like being in situations with people and then just shit just falls out of my mouth and it works really well. I'm like, Oh, I'm
3: selling. Yeah. <laughs> okay, I, okay, I'm a sales, you know? Yeah. But, Yep. yeah, I find that that's really interesting. I've been in sales my entire life. And so I actually learned sales from the, oh, thank you. <laughs> um, I learned sales from the aspect. Yes. <laughs> I just want to whisper. You just got to talk loud. <laughs> no, I, uh, i learned sales from the aspect of uh starting when i was like nine years old repairing vacuum cleaners um and then when i was like 11 i started repairing sewing machines uh uh, for my parents and then when when i was about 13 they they saw that i had a a good personality with people so they sent me out on the sales floor and it was basically sink or uh, swim for you know, a few years. I I got training. They sent me to like several different conventions, uh, or brought me along. Um, but uh, uh, yeah, just interesting because I learned basically. I learned the very technical side of how products work, and then I learned how to apply like that knowledge in sales. So I would, if anything, probably over-explain things, and I had to really learn how to simplify.
2: Mm-hmm. Yeah, customers don't care how it works; they just want to know it does work. Yep, that's true. it. And yep. I was the same way because I've worked in the solar farms before, actually going out and selling them. So I build them. So I was you know all the details. Yeah, So I was an electrician. Wait, wait,
0: wait! Tell us the electrical story of uh, how you got fired or whatever. Oh, God, that's a good one, isn't it? <laughs> yeah, I mean, moral I of
2: this moral of the story is that a solar farm really only works in 60 mile an hour winds when the bolts <laughs> are tight. <laughs> so yeah that's just to break it down super simple there's a lot of moving parts with who the blame fell on and who it should have fallen on but I got thrown under the bus um was it your fault No I got called 3 days later to come back I was the only one that got fired out of the deal right away and they mm-hmm. had electricians trades it's apprentice journeyman uh, master and I <laughs> apparently there were 16 journeymen that went into the office and told them that you guys made a huge mistake like mm-hmm. you guys have to go out call him get him back because he's the only one out here working Um, uh what
0: was your response
2: yeah i told them (laughs) that if if they can give me ten dollars an hour more an hour i'm game to come back and they said no we can't give you a raise i said that's perfect you're not giving me a raise you're rehiring me so i'll take ten bucks and they said no so i let the ego kind of get in the way (laughs) which it was a good thing because it ended up in the door-to-door sales so nice um, yeah
0: yeah so what was the big aha moment for you in sales where you started learning principles i mean i mean sort of like basketball or anything like that like so there's so much of it that's just reflex you just learn you get in there you learn um what you're doing but like the thing you're really good at is just studying and reading and all about it what are like the big aha moments that really helped you level up i guess
2: yeah i mean there's I would say the big aha moment when I needed to do that as the first check that came in from sales. I would say that's yeah. probably the biggest big aha moment. Um, <laughs> right. Being, well, being, <laughs> just
0: being commissioned. We should talk about that. Like every job, there's a boss and there's a manager and they pay you a flat rate per If they pay you a flat rate per hour, that's because it's, they're taking a cut off of how much you're making because they're giving you that security. But if you just get rid of that security, then you're just going to make more. Mm-hmm. Yeah, I was
1: actually thinking about this today. Ironically, you're was paying thinking, for security. I was thinking about when we have new hires and, and when I got hired and when you're training and stuff and people, you got to kind like, I found myself explaining to people multiple times that it's better that, I don't know, maybe you could talk about your experience training people too. Like, how do you, how do I sell? I try to sell people that it's better to be selling and getting your commission. It's actually more security. I had this epiphany today it's more security because if i'm like a friend that we know got fired right so if i'm working for that I not, that, not <laughs> that today our friend got fired if yeah. like in that space you there's no security because they can fire you whenever they want right your wage your all your benefits all that stuff is all on them it's actually more security over here where you're like i can make my own decisions i'm free to move I'm actually. I feel way more secure over here. Like, if I had to go back to a job where I'm making, I'm clocking in and I'm making an hourly wage, I would feel that anxiety that other people feel going into straight commission. Where I'd be like, "What if I make a mistake and they just fire me tomorrow mm-hmm. and then I'm back on the street again?" You know, we're like out here. It's like I make a mistake and I go, "Okay, how can I do it better next time to not make that mistake, to do better, to make more?" You know,
2: right? Uh, yeah my my opinion on it, and with. A lot of it, like especially if you're hiring people to be doing this um, and you're talking to like new trainees that come in and framing it and make, I mean, making sure in the interview process, like, okay, are you a person that when you go to work, you're the one that's working and all these other guys are standing around, right? Because those people, those are the ones that you want working for you, first of all. But second of all, when you can frame it to them that, okay, do you think it's okay that they get paid the same amount, the same amount, if not more, because they've been there longer than you do when you're doing three, four times the work? Right. No, you should get paid three to four times. More because you're doing three to four times more of the work, right? Mm-hmm. So rather than basing your pay on hourly, you should be basing your pay on production. Who's bringing in more for the company? The guy who's doing four times as much or the guy who's doing a quarter of that, right? Correct. Obviously, the one who's doing more. So in turn, you should be getting paid for that, but that's not people's mindset typically. Um, so letting them know like it's based on production. And when you come into like a new company, like just McDonald's, for an example, which you come in and say you start at $15 an hour, your first month we do training, we give you $15 an hour. After your first month, we're going to give you $17 Now You get a $2 raise after training. Your first day to after your first month, are you two times, three times, five times faster at your job than when you were training? Why are you not making three, five, ten times more because of how efficient you are? And by doing it in sales after your first month, if you're even two times as efficient, you just doubled your wage, literally, because you got two times better. And every single day you're going out there, you're giving yourself a raise. Because you're learning to do it better, you're learning to do it more efficiently, and literally just by doing self-development and bettering yourself, you're able to make more money with it. So it's a lot easier to frame it on that production mindset for people.
1: When we look at it from we're we're looking at it from an employee standpoint too. I was thinking about recently, I was looking, I was thinking about like industries in general. I wonder if I'm just playing with this idea. It's just an idea, but I wonder if industries in general would be doing better of having more incentive-based wages. Period.
3: Wouldn't Absolutely. that be better for
1: a company? You'd think, like, because there's certain places I've worked, like warehouses. It's mindless monkey work, right? Where it's like you have to pay everybody the same. It would actually be <laughs> unfair to, to <laughs> pay them differently, right? Because the pro- pro- production is mostly based on the machines, which it's not necessarily your fault that they fail. Well, you got to But there's other there's other manufacturing jobs I've done where it's like our shift would do like 17 plates, right? And then the other shifts would do like four. We're all making the same, so wouldn't that company actually benefit from being like you get paid per plate? You know, just just example. Like, I just I wonder if more companies going to more incentives would be
0: better. Aren't from the company's perspective? Like, we're in sales and we do this because we get it. Right. Most people don't get it. I think there's some psychology and just the way people's mindsets are with this type of
2: thing. That's how you're raised. I mean, that's what school teaches you. True. It's incredible yeah, too. because got that.
3: Yeah, I've, I've definitely noticed that. So, so what I did before sales, working on sewing machines and vacuums, repairing them was also commission-based. Um, and so I learned really quick if I can maximize my efficiency and I can, you know, so the average tech goes through one vacuum every hour to hour and a half. I figured out if I can do it in 30 to 45 minutes without cutting corners and just like do it quick, I can make a shit ton of money as a nine, 10 year old kid. And so I, re- I learned how to game. Buy system. a lot of M and M's. Oh yeah, I, I mean I was making <laughs> a lot of money. I, would, I was making more than most uh, most people out of college when I was still in high school. Yeah, and you know, and, but that's the thing is, like you, you learn how when you're commission based, you learn very quickly. You can control how much you're making mm. just by uh, upping your efficiency.
1: Yeah. Did you, you said, did you, did
3: you go to public school? I did. Yeah. I okay. Did. Yeah, I can
0: tell.
2: <laughs>
0: <laughs> i was just gonna say but you had to unlearn a lot of that i bet from
2: going from to public school yeah. so i i did when i got to 11th grade i did uh, a post-secondary option so instead of going to actual high school they would i could go to the college instead mm-hmm. so i just went to the community college in in our town so then i had i mean four classes a week and just literally on a college schedule at 16 which was terrible for my health but at the same time super good for my mindset yeah nice. yeah <laughs>
1: I was just wondering because I feel like I've been I've noticed a lot lately that not everyone but a lot of the people in my life are private school and homeschool kids and I just wonder if we think a little different. Mm-hmm. and I do know people that have been to public schools but usually like he said that they get to a point where they're like this is all bullshit
0: you know what <laughs> I mean and like there's some of that in
1: private schooling and homeschooling your parents are going to have their own indoctrinating things and stuff but
2: it's
0: just a
1: thought.
2: Yeah, there's downsides to being homeschooled for sure. <laughs> yeah, but you have you have that commission mindset coming out of it because in when you go to high school you have I have to be in school for 7 hours and I I get the exact same information as everybody else. Yeah. In a in a 9 to 5 you're working 9 to 5 and you get paid the exact same as everybody else. In homeschooling, the faster you get through it the sooner you get to get done, right? True. So yeah. you're literally able to maximize your time. You don't have to waste it with everybody else when you learn two times as fast. You could just buzz right. through it. If you want to learn through the summer and not have a summer you can skip grades
1: yep even
2: better even better
1: well it's like the private school is not quite like that i went to a private school but with the private school the, the teachers have the, like the parents are paying them for school so they they can't just like the public schools here in town they can't just fuck up and ask for more money mm-hmm. they have to like oh you guys don't like the way we're teaching your kids well then we don't get any money. Mm-hmm. So they have to kind of customize it a little bit and they have to adapt it per student or else, you know, so I just kind of notice that people, other people around me seem to be less indoctrinated than, you know, public kids.
0: So if you could travel back five years and tell yourself anything, like what would you tell yourself? Three things.
2: Um, if I could travel back. I mean, I wouldn't want anything to change, so it's tough for me to say. I mean, if I, had, if I had to give, I mean, somebody that's 18 years old, fresh out of high school, if I had to give them actual advice rather than giving it to myself, I would say <laughs> um, I would say the biggest investment that you can make is in yourself, yeah. um, number one, which as cheesy as that sounds, there's no other investment you can make that has 10, 20 times returns. Right. I and mean, you can't do that in real estate. You can't do that in stocks. You can't do that in literally anything. Right, but literally taking one course that gets you one skill now makes you twenty times more. I yeah. mean, it, it's that fucking easy. Just, just with self improvement. So I would say that'd be the, the number one piece of advice. Um, number two, don't save money. Um, I, I hate, I hate that mentality. Um, and number three, stop giving a shit about material things. Wait, wait, wait. Don't save money. No. Why not? So, my thing is like right now, all the money that I that I make either goes into an investment for the company or it goes into the investment for myself. Oh, okay. Saving money does, it doesn't do a whole lot. And if, if right. that saving money, I mean like having a savings account and putting money into a savings account. right? It does nothing for you. Or, it, it does. You're literally losing money and it's, you yeah. might as well make it work for you. Yep. I agree with that.
1: So how do you, you, you talk about like Sam mentioned, we never got your aha moment.
2: Well, I'm still waiting for number three too. I cut them off. Oh, okay. Number three was don't, don't care about material things. Oh, it's yeah. all all about utility, as you've seen. <laughs> okay, so oh, about your utility here. company. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. You're, oh, because of the Prius? The Prius caffeine pills. I mean if it doesn't if it doesn't serve you, why use it? Right. Well
0: My um, Prius is in the shop. People, Heck yeah, <laughs> I a
2: we're the coolest. coolest. Oh, dude, that's the same thing that happened to mine. I backed <laughs> oh, in here because if you saw the front end, dude, oh my, <laughs> oh, really? What year? Um, oh, eight, oh,
0: okay. Um, they're have... such a common vehicle, I just have to say, they're such a common vehicle that's really easy to find a bumper for them. I got one oh for God, $200. Yeah. <laughs> I was
2: like, what, yeah, yeah, and they can color match too without even having to paint it. Yep, mm. mine's green though, so that's not, not as often. That was a dumb decision that'd be the advice I give not well, yeah. <laughs> don't, don't, get, don't green. get green don't get green on the previous get a normal human color <laughs> okay. well, that's some pretty good advice though
1: yeah I was going to say your what was your aha moment we never really got
2: yeah I mean <sighs> invest in yourself yeah I would say that that was my aha moment is actually going back and like the first the first day of like doing sales within two weeks of Three, four times in those numbers simply because I'm going home and this is what I'm focusing on mm-hmm. right like going back and doing that investment in myself actually taking time to do shit that makes me better at what I do I mean that was a huge aha moment I mean from there I was just kind of addicted
1: where does that Where does that so you're talking to about going into the you're talking about going into the field to do it right you're doing mm-hmm. you're learning by by doing it but then what like why we Sam wanted you on is because you also study mm-hmm. and that's what you're talking about so where And you're talking about studying, and then you got to be in the field so you know where to apply it. My question is, what I'm wondering: you talk about different courses and stuff and books. I've asked you before; you give me suggestions, but how do I know, like, when I'm looking at something to weed out the bullshit that's trying to get my money, trying to tell me that they're going to tell me how to sell, right? But they just really want that quick buck. They're not gonna—they're just gonna feed me platitudes and all shit. Mm -hmm. How do I know, like, okay, I can weed out this is actually good thing to, to spend my time on versus they just want me to buy their book or watch their course or whatever. And I'm just giving them my money. I'm not going to learn anything. Cause for me, I always hesitate to do anything. Cause I'm like, Ooh, I could buy that book or buy that course. But then I'm like, I'm probably going to waste a bunch of time and I don't care as much about throwing 50 bucks away and learning a lesson, but it's the time I'm wasting doing, it, you know?
2: Yeah. Yeah. I would say the, in, in today's day and age, and it's, it's realized by people who are doing like, Super, super good. They've realized that givers gain, right? So the more you give, the more you get back. That's just how the world works no matter what. If you're out there giving, 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 you're only building a runway for a bigger plane to take off. So the more you give, the bigger ask you can have at the end of it. So when you go out and you try to find these courses, if you're if you're just going to something you saw on a Facebook ad where the guy says, yeah, we had, we're making people $10,000 a week because they did our training, right? You can go to their Instagrams. You can go to their Facebook. You can go and get their, if they have a book, they always have low ticket, like low ticket items that are just, here's a ebook. Here's a small taste of the course. Here's um, just small basic stuff. And you can vet it from there before you actually go out and get that high ticket, $10,000 coaching program mm-hmm. where you just spent your money. I mean, 10 grand, that's a decent amount. Have and you if, ever spent 10 grand on a coaching? Yeah. Oh, wow. Yep. Yeah. Last year, last year I spent 25000 on personal development. Um, So coaches, classes, um, books, all that sort of stuff. And then the year before I did 20,000. This year I'm already at, it's like 11, I think is what I'm at
1: this year. For spending? Yeah. Yep. So do you, when is, when do you stop selling and you start doing the classes?
2: So I do that stuff after selling. I have a set blocked off time on, I mean, my, if I show you guys my calendar, it's literally itemized (laughs) on when I'm.
1: How did you squeeze us in?
2: Um. So you schedule the two weeks ahead. Yeah. Yeah. No. I I block out my entire day on what it looks like from beginning to end, and I know exactly when. Like on Wednesday, it was between, um, one o'clock and like four o'clock ish, um, that I was reading. Taking notes. Building out an offer. So,
1: yeah. Sam, should we go into scheduling more? Should we talk? Just keep going with the. Sure. How do you? So so I. This is something that I've been slowly learning the last few years. Is how to how to build a schedule because what i've learned is when i sit down and build a schedule i i demand too much of myself i have too many expectations and i will fall short and the and then when i if i set it up too rigidly if i if a piece goes missing the day falls apart the week falls apart all the plans get messed up and then i get overwhelmed and stressed out and anxious and then i want to detach from the entire plan i just i'm just like i'm going to throw the whole thing away now i've been learning to like roll with the punches and move forward how can i make sure i'm expecting enough of myself but not over demanding because there's a, there's a balance in there that I'm learning for myself. How do you figure out, okay, obviously you're a high performance person, right? But how do you find balance? What would be your advice to someone like me trying to figure out how do I balance that?
2: Yeah. And I, I don't like, I don't like the word balance. Um, as my lifestyle is, um, I think life has seasons more than anything. Like what are you looking to accomplish in this season and hammer down on that? Um, when it comes to actually like scheduling out like your week, your time, if you're not it could just be a mindset thing of if you're not hitting those and you're not hitting every single thing you put on your calendar, that's a good thing. Like that okay. means that you're stretching yourself, you're you're putting more on your plate than you can handle, but it doesn't mean it can't go to next week. Mm-hmm. Right? Your life doesn't depend on you getting these tasks done. Mm-hmm. I mean, that's it's as simple as that. So if you're not if you're not actually completing all of them, that's a good thing. I don't complete at least 20% of what I put on my calendar a week. Every okay. single week. Do I work on it? Yeah. And I work towards it. I even leave about a two to three hour gap on Fridays in the morning to go through and complete that. Mm-hmm. So, and then at least I can drag tasks over from the week right into that gap. So I wasn't able to get it done, click and drag right over to it. Um, so realizing that you are stretching yourself, that's a good thing. No matter what in life, if you people can't have stress without growing, mm-hmm. you can't. It's impossible. You go work out, you go read, you do math, you're going to give you're going to get stronger, you're going to get faster at reading, you're going to get better at math, no matter what. You put your body under stress, do things that you're not used to handling, you will adapt to it. Mm -hmm. So as you keep jam-packing your calendar, you may not be able to get that many tasks done now. Next week, two weeks, three weeks, six months from now, you continue to do that, those tasks are going to get done. Mm -hmm. right? You're going to get that down, simply because you put yourself under a little bit of stress. Mm -hmm. Now you've grown into that actual position of being able to handle it. So I would say it's a good thing, um, Mm -hmm. and just have your cutoff times. If you need to have that balance where like all right now it's family time block that shit off mm-hmm. right and this is this is my cutoff. did i get it all done no we'll move it to tomorrow we'll move it to the friday when i have that time blocked off how do you so is there a way too because i've signed
1: myself up for more in life than i than i even want mm-hmm. even if i could stretch my time to do it all i don't really want to do it all but i've signed myself up for it is there a way to walk away gracefully from things that people expect of you? Like I have a responsibility to this, let's say organization, group, committee, whatever. Is there a way to or even friendship? Is there a way to gracefully walk away from something? Or do you just gotta cut it off and say it, it doesn't matter if feelings
2: get hurt? Out. Yeah. So I mean I would say I would say it definitely depends. Um you have to sacrifice for people. I mean, that's just in general. You sacrifice your family. If you didn't, they wouldn't like you. Mm-hmm. You wouldn't have a family probably. Mm-hmm. Um, everything, everything's
1: I think everything is set. Yeah.
2: Yeah. A lot of it is. Um, but on top of that, if they actually give a shit and you're communicating, there shouldn't be an issue. Right. Is Unless... there a way to have it all? <laughs> no, 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 definitely not. Definitely not a way to have it all. Um, yeah. I mean, just keeping up communication. You you can only do what you can do. Right. Uh-huh. And if they if they're upset about it, it is what it is. Mm-hmm. I mean, as long as you communicate, you're not just flaking on people, not replying or not doing anything about it. Mm-hmm. Yeah. That
1: makes sense. I, I remember having that moment like a year ago. I was like, I was driving in, down the road and I was thinking about Illinois. my life. And I, <laughs> <laughs> not to <laughs> Illinois. No, not to Illinois. Ugh. Definitely not on my way back. <laughs> I had a moment where I was like, I was thinking about my life and the projectile that I was on. Cause I was in a, you know, I'm coming up in life, right. So I went at this moment where I went, can I have it all? Can I have it all? And I was like, Felt really good to think that for a second, but then it scared the shit out of me. Mm -hmm. So I was just like, "People who think like this crash and burn," (laughs) you know what I mean. So, but I was just like, I had
2: that moment. You know, it it would be nice. You said you're on the come up. Mm -hmm. When would you say you're qualified to be out of the come up? To be out of it? Mm -hmm. When?
1: People in dark suits who I don't know who they work for approach me and tell me to stop. (laughs) (laughs) That works. No, I don't think. I really don't think that there's a limit. Really, I mean, there is a limit, but like, I don't think that. I feel like I don't want ever want to stop thinking. Like, oh, what's the next thing? Am I going? How can I make this better? How can I improve? I don't want to. I don't want to feel like. Sometimes I think, oh, it'd be nice if I could just chill and just kind of coast and just let things and everything's routine and. I like i want that a lot but it's not realistic it's not good you know that's how things get stagnant that's how relationships fall apart that's how you get you know weak on things so
2: yeah they have a, a tale of the the chinese fisherman have you heard that one maybe what is it so there's a guy that it he's a chinese fisherman he's sitting out by his boat kicked back in a lawn chair just like we are drinking a beer smoking a cigar another fisherman comes into port and he says hey what are you doing he said, oh, I'm just relaxing. He says, well, why aren't you out in the boat fishing? And he said, well, why would I do that? He said, so you can catch more fish. He said, well, why would I do that? So that you can sell more fish and do what with it and make more money. Mm-hmm. And what would I do with that money? Well, then you can get a bigger boat and catch more fish. And what would I do with that? Well, Then you could make more money. And, and then what would I do with that? Well, then you could relax. Says, well, what what the fuck do you think I'm doing right now? <laughs> right? So I mean, at, at the end of the day, you have the option to relax, but you need to have if you're on that path of I'm gonna be doing better every single day in my life, like I'm gonna be on this hustle, I'm gonna be on this grind, I'm on the come up. You just have to have a good enough fucking reason to do it. And if it's just to relax, I mean, you can do that now.
1: Yeah, right? I think that was you gave us that advice in that group text. I was struggling, I was struggling a lot at one point, and I and I asked you a piece of advice, and you you said. You, you took my eyes off of the, off the problem and said, what are you aiming at? You had a lot more to say than just that, but that was what I remember of it. It's like, what are you focused on? What are you aiming at?
2: You know? Yeah, and that, that boils down to your scheduling too. Like for me, the reason that I'm able to schedule out this week and really stick to the, the plan, like I, I schedule it out every week on, on um, Sunday, but I got really granular and I set aside on what is my thousand day goal, right? Like where, where do I want to be in a thousand days? How is that going to look? What is the company right going to look here. like? Yeah, exactly. Exactly. <laughs> uh, what's the company going to look like? What's, <laughs> what's it going to take for the company to be running at that point? Like, is there C-suite executives? Is there? I mean, in mine, it's it's company side of things. Mm-hmm. But you can do the exact same thing in, in literally all of life. Like, if you're looking to be at this point as a father, as a husband, as uh, this is where the house is going to be at, this is what I want to have as income. What do I need to have in place a thousand days from now, which is like two and a half, a little over two and a half years? right and then from there okay what am i doing at 500 days what am i doing at 250 what am i doing at 120 what am i doing at 60 that's two months what am i doing at 30 that's one month now break it down into weeks put that on a calendar this is my one month plan every single sunday plan out that week do it based on that checklist of what you need to get done and then you can look back at that thousand day goal that you've just built out and you're always on the right direction right and granted that thousand day goal it's fucking massive. And like I said, I mess up on at least 20%, 25% of what I do every single week. But I know what direction I'm heading with it. Mm-hmm. So even if if that goes to the next week, that's totally fine. It's just part of the plan. I think I think too there's like um
1: there's a level of like looking forward to the future, right? That's mm-hmm. what you're talking about. And then you you have what you do in a day, right? You're talking yeah. about you, you you took it 1000 days and you brought it all the way down to your day. Mm-hmm. Right? Mm-hmm. So I've actually noticed there's a some people they say, you know, if you're too focused on the future, whatever, you miss out. You don't stop and smell the roses. And I think there is a truth to that, right? But I also feel like in my in my experience, that when I'm focused on something that transcends me, it's bigger than just me, it actually helps me be more present in the day. Because if I when I'm aimless. My mind wanders. I don't know what I'm doing. Even like in a day, my schedule gets messed up. Like today, my schedule got messed up and then I'm off track and I don't know exactly what to do right now. And all of a sudden, I'm missing out on this moment because I'm worried about this or that or the other thing, you know. But if I have this thing that I'm aiming for that transcends me, then it actually helps me be present. It Mm -hmm. usually helps me enjoy the moment or work harder or be willing to. Like, oh, today might suck, but that's okay. Because it's part of this
2: bigger thing that's bigger and better than me. You, you
4: know, yeah.
2: Like, no, absolutely, and I think that's the thousand day goals helped me with yeah. that significantly. Yeah. So, what is your purpose in life? What motivates you? Yeah. Beyond I, just, I mean, you
0: said you're not materialistic, so it's you know probably not just money. Like, what's the thing that gets you out of the bed and to work as hard as you do every day?
2: Yeah. um, I just see the more the more that I learn and the better that I do, like the more the more impact that I can make. Right. Yeah. Like you guys text me and I give advice and that sort of stuff like that. That's what gets me out of bed. Like if I'm able to do that for people, it's it's phenomenal. Like right now I have it's an under 30 entrepreneurs group. So we're all part of the same network. We hop on calls. I coordinate them every Monday. Um, we hop on. We talk about our big ass problems. Like, what are we doing? How can we solve this? How can we do this better for you? Like all that sort of stuff. And I get on calls with those guys, I mean, weekly, multiple times, just because, oh, I'm dealing with this. Like, how do I automate this? Like, I have sales guys that are doing this. I'm trying to recruit this way. So it's, I would say it's not so much like, do I want to make a billion dollars? Absolutely. But I want to do it because I want to know how to make a billion dollars. It's not so much the money that I give a shit about. It's the fact that I'm able to do that and how much of an impact you can do just simply by learning that, I would say is, is. Going to be the biggest driving factor. So you ball. find joy in sort of solving the mysteries, solving the, oh, the puzzles
0: and stuff like that. Yeah. Life is a puzzle, and you got to figure it out. Hundred percent, hundred percent.
1: Solution based. That's that helps me out a lot in life. It? It's being solution based. Yeah, home solution based. I'm, yeah. What about
2: you? What <laughs> motivates you? What motivates me?
3: <laughs> <laughs> um,
0: I don't really know what motivates me. Sometimes, sometimes it's just like. You know, I—I I mean, I am that Chinese guy where I'm just like, i, I could just relax. <laughs> yeah. You know, it because <laughs> today I got two always... deals and I probably work two hours. Is it because you're always or less? You have yeah. <laughs> <Yeah. laughs> very squid We had a guy
1: draw a caricature of us for a podcast, and it was mm. Sam's big smile and his eyes were squinting. <laughs> he had a big gap tooth for me. I like nailed it. Yeah. <laughs> neighbors are
4: getting
3: it. They're
2: getting it. Out of town.
3: Yeah, I don't know what uh, my motivation is um, long term. I mean, just in, for sales in general. My motivation now is my family. Um, yes. Yeah. That's, that's, you know, I, I want my family to, I want my kids to grow up uh, on property. Um, I have a hobby farm. I've, I raise chickens. I've got uh, a market garden. And I, I always say that Chicken. I work, yeah. yeah. I always say I work this job so I can go home the property because that's you know it's that's harder work than anything else that i do um it just doesn't pay the bills
0: there's yeah. kind of a increased phenomenon or at least that i've noticed of people doing that uh, what do they call it um self-sustaining stuff yeah where they're just working on their own property joining solar Ch- yep. <laughs> yep. <laughs> chickens you tried chickens never again right
2: uh i wouldn't say never again i I need a lot bigger area and I need, yeah,
0: I, I don't, don't,
3: I don't know what I need. We raised chickens but, growing
0: up and I don't understand the love of chickens, but you're doing I it raised,
3: different. I raised chickens growing up too. I, I did this. We swords. did them for butcher. So did the the we. Ends, yeah. So, yeah. We so butchered
0: the them. Yeah. They suck. They're stupid. They're <laughs> the most the people like name their chickens and stuff. I'm like, that's they, stupid. They don't even have a brain.
3: Yeah. <laughs> They're so
0: retarded. They're like insects. <laughs> yeah. But bigger. They're meat insects.
3: Yeah, chickens. Are, chickens do eat ticks, though, so they are u- uh, useful. True. So in that regards, they also make delicious eggs.
0: It's true. That you won't sell me.
3: I, I my chickens aren't even laying eggs right now. I got uh, four eggs. Is that today. a metaphor for sales? <laughs> <laughs> uh,
1: my chickens
2: aren't even laying eggs right now.
0: Maybe. So, if you got a golden goose, would you just sell it and? because you want to be a self-made man
2: no i would say i nurture it and i teach people how to nurture their golden goose <laughs> for sure yeah yeah, <laughs> yeah. you That'd ever read if you ever read the book uh the seven habits of highly effective people Is you book? heard of it no? Stephen? Stephen um, okay, um
0: i was but gonna yeah, tell yeah. everyone make sure you silence your phones
2: for the uh, podcast yeah <laughs> yeah <laughs> silence all devices no it's nine o'clock um yeah no um his his book just goes over the golden goose, um, and and if once you get your golden goose, like the story of it, of course, is they I just killed pulled it. that on my ass. Yeah, yeah. No, it's it's a super good book. You should read ah. it. Um, it'll give you a lot of structure in your day. Hundred hmm. percent.
3: Ah. So how does a uh, how does a uh, sales interaction go go for you? Like, not I'm not talking about like a specific selling a specific product, but just building that relationship with the customer.
2: Yeah, are you saying um, like, like walk us through an actual sale? I
3: mean, I can give you like the
2: framework to it. Yeah, the, yeah, framework, just the framework
3: is because I, mean, I know that that's bendable and flexible and changes with every every interaction is going to be different. But yeah, what do you lean on?
2: Yeah, so I mean, the stages the stages that we have for the actual sale is um, of course the intro, and then is build the value, give them the hook and then give them the takeaway. So build the value of, okay, why this product is great, how we're doing it, all that sort of stuff. Here's the hook. Now you're getting guaranteed savings in your guys' bill. Here's the takeaway. But the thing is you actually have to qualify for it, right? So we're going to build up all this value for you and then we're going to take it all away. And now the power's in my hands, right? Like This is a great, grand, wonderful thing that I have for you, but actually I'm the only one that holds that, right? <laughs> yep. right? So then you do that takeaway and then that Peaks that curiosity like crazy, well, what, do I qualify for it? Even if it wasn't something that they had this huge interest in, now yeah. you just took it away and they have that FOMO, which is the strongest human interaction, or at least human emotion, is the fear of loss. So yeah. they, awesome. in turn, do a lot more for you, qualify, close. So, I, f- I
1: feel like in our industry, there's this level of, there's this level of people feel like they're protecting their pitch. or They're protecting their future deals by protecting their pitch. Or protecting their knowledge or wisdom or experience or protecting their you know territory or whatever and i've just i've just and i haven't been around that long but i've just felt like i've seen the exact opposite play in my favor mm-hmm. when i'm willing to share wisdom they share their wisdom when i'm willing to tell what i do with my pitch they share their pitch when i'm willing to share territory they share their territory and now we're all winning i don't understand that do you do you see that do you feel that
2: yeah. And I mean, it goes back to the previous point of givers gain. I mean, givers will always gain. And mm-hmm. a, a rising tide raises all ships. Mm-hmm. So does a lowering tide. Mm-hmm. And that's, I mean, that's my big motivation with this. I mean, the specific industry we're in is we don't have those resources, right? Mm-hmm. Like, where do you go if you want to learn how to sell it? Where do you go if you need knowledge on the product? Like, all, how are you going to get sales training on it? Is there systems and processes that people have? Is there automation set up? All that sort of stuff. There's no resources. Mm-hmm. It's not because it's because nobody's coming in and saying, let's raise this what we end up happening is people go to the doors and they talk about it. And this goes for literally anything, but they go to the doors, they talk to them and they give them false information. Now, whether that's the salesman's fault or the agency trainer, whatever it ends up being. But what that does is that puts a negative connotation on this customer. Mm -hmm. But if you go, we'll say that you guys go to a car repair shop, you get your car fixed. Prius is in the shop right now. You go get your Prius fixed. If they come back... Yeah, yeah. If they come back and that Prius works fine, great, phenomenal, what do you do after that? Tell everyone. You tell everyone if it does good? Yep. Okay, Okay. I was going to say vice versa. Typically, it's it's the opposite. That's true, you're correct. That's why you see bad reviews, but you never see good reviews. Right. Right. So a utility company, XL, great example, one out of five stars in Better Business Bureau. They have some of the best electric service out there. I mean, there's not many outages. When there is an outage, they fix it, right? Are their rates ridiculous? Yeah. But it's after you talk with their customer service that you had an issue, you give them a bad review. Mm. But out of 3.7 million customers only have 80 bad reviews, that's not bad. Right. Like that's not bad old, at all.
1: Old people that have been around since it was NSP, mm-hmm. some of them don't go with us because yeah, exactly. this has been reliable for before you were born. Right, kid. exactly.
2: You yeah. know? <laughs> so, so with that, a bad customer costs you five times as much as a good one but that doesn't just cost you as much mm-hmm. that costs me that costs sam costs daniel costs everybody more money and loses sales for us because you put mm-hmm. a negative taste in somebody's mouth right. because you want to go out there and you had no resources or you just want to be a dick we've all right? we've all knocked through a neighborhood that someone else burnt oh and they burn it bad mm-hmm. yeah and you can't do anything about it mm-hmm. like it's they're burnt i mean mm-hmm. the it's already there
3: the philosophy that we always went by is the, a positive interaction it takes three positive interactions to bring in one potential new lead it takes one negative interaction to turn off 10 potential new new leads exactly and so it's like in uh it's it's just totally it's a totally different uh dynamic if you piss somebody off that's it like and that's exactly that's... what you're talking about when we were up uh knocking uh, uh i forget what city but um it was you know just we had door after door after door was just burned by these two guys who had gone through and knocked it and it was just well,
0: and that's like you you'll joke about like oh i should have just told that person off or this or that They should I give a piece of my mind and i'm like no yeah. never <laughs> never do that
4: mm-hmm. yeah sometimes you want you to anything them, but, yeah
0: you gain nothing
1: <laughs> well and like i've even done it i've even like even when i was brand new and i didn't understand at all it's just my attitude at the time i was just grateful that being a new environment and I didn't want people to treat me like shit, so if they treated me like shit, I kind of guilt trip them into not treating me like shit. Like, oh, you fucking, blah, 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 you've been to my door so many times, and hey, I know, and I like, you know, I like become vulnerable so that they don't, they feel guilty attacking me, and then I turn that into a positive experience, and they don't sign up. But it's like, I might've taken that you said, there's nothing you can do about it, right? There's nothing I can do to close a deal. But I might be able to get them to not hate the next solar guy. Mm-hmm. And maybe the next guy will be a little better than me and can sign a couple of them up. And then maybe three years from now, when I swing back around, they're like, I remember you. My neighbor signed up. Let's do this. Yeah. And it's like, yeah, that might be a $200, 400 you know, whatever sale. But to me, it's like in the long run, if we all had that mentality, we all had that
3: mentality, it would be better. Mm-hmm. You know, it's like... Well, it's your, you're, always, uh, you're always sowing seeds. You can't re-harvest without first planting the field. And mm-hmm. uh, um, so we, our, our incomes rely on other people sowing seeds before, mm-hmm. and there's a field there for us to go out and harvest. So we don't want to go and tear up this field and leave worse field for somebody to come behind mm-hmm. us. And like you said, we'll go back out into the, into the same field. So if we can sow those good seeds, eventually we might be able to harvest them.
1: What it when you were in your uh when you were when you were selling sewing machines what did you what was your what was one of your like victory moments not necessarily for money but like what was one of your victory
3: moments where you're like I got them. um I had I mean I had I would say quite a few just uh, I always enjoyed when there would be a new model that would come out so a new sewing machine that uh, a new Brother Disney sewing machine would come out and sell for twenty three thousand dollars, and it was just it was always so satisfying being able to sell one because it's just like this is a twenty three thousand dollar hobby that sits on your counter. Yeah, (laughs) you know, and it's like it 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 would you explain the technology in such a way. Honestly, I think the the most what I really liked the I, I would say was the challenge of being able to take some really technical piece of. Uh, technology that we would go to two to three days of school to learn how to operate it in such a way that we could sell it and they teach you everything in these classes and if you were going to give a demo you'd be there for five six hours with the customer which is obviously impractical so you can dense that down to as little time as possible and it would usually be around an hour but to be able to do that and give the customer the notion that they feel like they know everything about this machine Mm. they feel like they're as close to an expert on it as anybody more than they, they know way more than you can go find out online, but it was all bite-sized stuff. Nothing went over their head. Mm-hmm. And I think that's the, I think that was really the kind of the moment for me when I realized that I was being able to do that consistently for people. Um, but uh, yeah, that's, and I would always, I, I always look for the the, the praise from the customers, honestly, mm-hmm. like that's probably the most rewarding thing. When the customer is like, you're a really good salesperson. It's like, I just took 20 grand from you and you're complimenting me and shaking my hand and smiling and joking Whoops. about when you're going to come back and spend five grand on that other little thing that you saw. And it's like,
0: like with door to door, anytime they say you're a good salesman, they're not signing up. Yeah. <laughs> I was going to say
1: my favorite, when we, what we do, my favorite moments are when we're done and they're like, uh, you get paid by an hour or what? <laughs> I'm like I did so good that they didn't even know that I sold them. Mm-hmm. You know what I mean? They right, like, yeah. didn't realize that I took them on this journey, and you know, um, obviously, some people they just feel like it's run of the mill. Oh, qualify? They sign up, whatever. um But it's always nice when people are pushing you really hard, and then you close them, and then they still don't realize you're a
4: salesperson. Yeah. Got
3: it. I had a fun one recently where uh, I had a customer who. I've told you this story, uh, but not you, so, or not you, um, but I had this customer that I was signing up, and they uh, filled the credit check with uh, the one program, so we switched to Nautilus, um, and the, uh, basically, I started the Nautilus sign-up with 2% left on my iPad, Oh yeah. <laughs> and I was like oh, yeah. pushing them through and they kept wanting to talk and I and I just kind of kept using the excuse. Like you know, I'd let them talk until I'd get to the okay, I'm sorry, what's your date of birth? And i put it in and <laughs> if they ever want like to stall out. So we got to payment and it's like, all right, so do you want to put that on a check or a debit card? Well, um uh, well, so you can change it later. It doesn't really matter. But I've got one percent left. And they're like, "Well, let's just put it on a debit card. Let me grab it as quick as I can." And he, like ran inside, was back it, into.
0: It is funny yeah. sometimes how like if you're in a hurry for whatever reason and you just rush someone through. Sometimes it just works. Sometimes it works. Like they just they just sometimes. feel the energy and they're just like, "Yeah, let's just do this."
2: Mm-hmm. No. But it doesn't always work. No. Yeah. I mean. <laughs> It's especially in that. I mean, that's the fear of loss. I mean, that's that's right. FOMO. I mean, yep. the the fear of loss is a lot stronger than the the need for gain, or at least the. So, and
3: I yeah, you have to balance that very carefully because you don't want you don't want to get give off FOMO because as much as FOMO can be used to your advantage, if you give off FOMO, that's like an instant turnoff. You smell like, like you, yeah, desperation. Yeah, you smell yeah. like desperation. All of a sudden, what you have to sell isn't worth it. There's
1: times where I've been desperate, where I've had the same. I've been very careful have the same attitude tone of voice delivery pitch nothing changes and i'm losing all day they, people can feel it yeah even dumb people which a lot of, we know doing this job <laughs> there's a lot of dumb people out there but even dumb people who have no intuition not necessarily dumb people but people who have no intuition can just feel it you know
3: i was watching recently an interview with i think andrew best Bastamanti or something. He's this ex CIA spy. He's talking about how 98% of people don't have perspective. They only have perception. They perceive the world they're walking through and they have no perspective. They can't see from other people's point of view. Mm -hmm. I think that's something that good salespeople have to develop perspective. You have to be able to communicate with people on their own level. And like, as he was talking about it, I was, I, I shared the video with you. I don't know if you watched any of it. But I was thinking the whole time, I was like, this guy is like a master of manipulation. And as bad as it is, this is excellent, like, sales training. <laughs> yeah. Like, it was just can incredible. I you, can
4: I tell you something?
3: Uh, One time I Googled, I'm not kidding,
1: I Googled how to do government interrogation training. And I was uh, trying to sign up for it, and it was like, what is your officer ID number? And I was like, oh, fuck that. Uh, <laughs> they're not going to let me do this. And I was just like, obviously, I don't want to, like, Waterboard someone into <laughs> signing up with me. I was like, they probably have some hardcore psychological shit that they know that they're not teaching people You
3: know. Yeah. Well, that's what this guy never was split talking the about. difference, right? Eh? That's a good one. Yeah, it's pretty good. Yeah, and that's what this guy was talking about. Is he, he was talking about being being <laughs> able to read people and know where they're coming from. Um, he was talking about building a dossier and how you people have three different selves: their public, private, and secret self, and you have to be able to speak to they're the, the further you can get into their the, the those levels the more that, that like if you're in their secret life people he was talking about like if you're talking with a general about uh nuclear secrets and you're in his secret life nuclear secrets are almost public life you don't beat around so what's you know you don't beat around the bush it's so what mountain are the nuclear silos in oh they're right over here you know it's just, oh and by the way my mistress you know it's just the the whole uh, dynamic uh, and that's very similar with sales, you have to build that relationship, break down those walls. You're not you're past their public life if you want to get anything done. You have to get into at least their private life, and it's uh, it's when you get people to start just reading their passwords. That's when you have it. You know, having you type everything in. That's when you're in. You type in my credit card. Yeah, yeah. Like that's like yeah, some, I'm faster. That, I know it. I feel yeah. like that's like <laughs> basic level, like secret life at that point. For like you're you're getting past that now. You control it. You could sell them anything at that point. Right. Well, and there's subtle things
1: too, like holding the bill. I learned really early on never, I never give it back to. Oh, I'm no done. yeah, I hold it the entire time, never give it back to them all the way. Down. And I've told new people too, but like they start reaching for it and stuff, it's like, oh, they'll grab it out
3: of your hand if they're done. Mm-hmm.
1: Don't yeah. feel weird about. It.
3: Yeah, and they kind of reach for it, just keep it. And I've even done where <laughs> they've reached for it, and I just take it and set it on top of my iPad. i keep talking (laughs) and like like if they want it they'll like keep reaching for it and make it obvious and you can give it back but at the same time it's just yeah you just kind of basically you know you just kind of act as if like i'm moving that so now i can talk with my hands and kind of mimic that you just raised your hand
1: you know it's people do those a lot of a lot of things with what we do in door-to-door smoke screens they're not objections they're smoke screens and learning that was one of just so you guys
0: know we sell people 10 percent discounts on their electrical because they live next to a community solar.
1: Actually, I would say that what we do is we help people claim their available credits or whatever percentage.
4: <laughs>
3: We're claiming credits. I would say that we improve the quality of people's lives. <laughs> I would say we but touch say, people know, in the most say, possible meaningful I way. I framed it for one of our new people. She's
1: like, "I want to. I want people to feel like I'm a blessing in their life when I come." I'm like, "Yeah, you could bless a lot more people if you just sign them up." And but yeah, like a lot of people throw up in our door-to-door, they throw up smoke screens and they're not actually objections. They're just smoke screens. And we wave those away and people are like, but people, we have a tendency to feel like we need to answer everything that they have. Yep. And I've actually learned that sometimes it's good to make sure that they feel comfortable. But a lot of times, most
3: of the time, what I do is I
1: wave it away.
3: And you I can answer wave their it away. The that's... next thing that I was going
1: to say anyways.
3: Yeah, And you can also wave it away and be like, I'll get to that, but that's not important. Right. I and, so. and you don't, you don't, you know, you don't say that's not important, but you just basically move on with it. You think. I'll get to that in a little bit. And and so you, you, that also puts out the, it uh, sends a mental signal that you're in charge. Mm-hmm.
1: Yeah. Well, and I, and
3: my point too, is that uh,
1: they throw up smoke screens and it's not actually an objection. We move past it, but it's more of like a, if they. I've tried to tell new people if they if it's really an objection, they will bring it up again. Don't feel like I ignored it and now I lost the deal. Like you move forward and you get to the next step, and they'll be like, "No, no, 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 no. no. What about this?" Like, Sometimes oh, okay. they don't I, always bring it back up. I think, well, in my experience, nothing works every time. Right. But if but usually for me, move trying to move forward and seeing if they double down on it works works more often.
3: So, Adam, what would be like the when you're training uh, new people? What would be like the biggest stumbling block they run into?
2: Yeah, um, I mean, it really depends. A lot of them, they'll talk too much. Mm-hmm. They need to learn to shut up. Yeah, the one who talks less in the conversation is the one who's going to come out on top, right? Mm-hmm. Um, that's a big one. On top of that, I mean, they're they're oblivious to those signals. Like you know, you guys know you can read you can read people when you're at the door. Like they pretty easily, you know, when they need to say something, you know, when like what's going through their head. Um, a big thing that we train on is is covering the rebuttals before they get up. Right. And I think I've gone through that with you guys is I mean, they call it's called eight miling. Like if you've seen the movie eight mile, they get in a rap battle One <laughs> Eminem gets up and he just talks shit about himself the entire time. And then it goes to the next guy to rap at him. Yeah. But he has nothing to say because Eminem already took it off. right because he can't go up there and say oh you're white trash blah blah blah. he already said all that so now what are you gonna say right so he in in doing that all he did is took away everything that he was gonna say and we do the exact same thing in the selling conversation Mm. so teaching them what those common rebuttals are and why we need to hit on that a lot of times they'll go into it and yeah 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 adam says this right
4: Mm -hmm.
2: but it's until they start getting those objections consistently they're like okay how do i come how do i get over that like that's why we say this at the beginning right i need to start (laughs) saying that and it's like it's one of those things that y- you just have to learn from doing. I mean, yeah, I can well, sit there and teach, 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 teach all day long, but everybody thinks that they can do it better right away. And just getting through that learning curve of you're not smarter. Like yeah. just, just go with it. There's a reason we have it there.
1: I've ran, yeah. into the, I've ran into the opposite more often with people where they're trying to overcome the objection of the last person, but this person doesn't have that objection. So now they're talking too much, trying to overcome an objection that isn't there. And then that customer has starts having the feeling like, should I be objecting to this? You know, like I've had people I explain cancellation terms or whatever, and they're like, yeah, whatever, they don't care. But then you get to then one person makes a big stink about it, and you have to, to sell it to them. You have to get over that. You have to overcome that objection, and then you go to the next person. You're like, oh, this person's going to make a huge deal about it. Now I'm making a huge deal. about it. Yeah, you know, yeah, yeah, definitely got to remember. I know that that you don't like the every balance, but. In. Where's yeah, balance yeah. I, would,
2: I would say that you you draw that line and, and a common thing you guys said you, you went through a neighborhood and the entire thing was burned. That's when you change it. Because it's consistent. This person was burned, this person was burned, this person was burned. That's when you're changing it. It's I like that you brought up that point, Is not not selling to the last person that you were at. Um, but when you go through, especially in Illinois, this whole neighborhood got burned by supply companies, right? Mm-hmm. Some some guy came through door knock and he burned them with supply companies. Second, third thing that comes out of my mouth, we're not a supply company. Mm-hmm. Right. Or I understand that you guys have been burned in the past by these companies. Let me just explain to you why we're different. It's a completely different concept for you. So it's once you're actually getting that same objection over and over and over, and it's a common trend because of that exact location.
4: Mm-hmm.
2: If it's not something that's because of that actual neighborhood, just keep rolling with the same pitch you got.
1: Mm-hmm. Yeah. Yeah, because I think that people get into a mentality where <clears throat> they start to they struggle at first. Then they start to have success and then they get excited and that's a that's a fun feeling you guys remember when you started to like make money and get closes and stuff you're like oh i'm getting that level up like oh I've, i just leveled up this is great yeah and then you get that excitement and then maybe you run into a rough neighborhood or you just have a rough streak or you know the numbers just are not playing in your odds that day they, they start they they forget to be consistent <laughs> right they go oh because there is that level of adapting Mm-hmm. But sometimes you just got to stay consistent. Keep doing, 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 you know, like don't don't rewrite the pitch because you're having an off Mm-hmm. Don't rewrite the pitch because you ran into two or three people in a row who you couldn't close. It's door knocking. Mm-hmm. <laughs> you should run into two or three people you don't close. That's normal. I'd It'd almost rather. It'd be weird if that. you weren't. Yeah. yeah. Like one of my favorite things is when I go out and I'm nervous, kind of, I just get a little nervous sometimes when I go out and I get a little nervous and I talk to someone and they're like, fuck you slam the door i'm like got it over with <laughs> <laughs> that's what i was nervous about and it just happened and i'm alive and i'm here and i'm about yeah. to close it like i right. like that yeah. but i have had to learn to like it at first it was rough because i'm like i'm out here trying and these people are being mean to me like it's a real
4: feeling
2: yeah you know yeah no absolutely absolutely
1: so, do you do you find it Do you find it difficult to like where's that level of not taking things personal about being you know what I mean? Not really. Because, like, for me, I feel like I I try to be my authentic self with people. That helps me so. Mm-hmm. Right. The more authentic I am, people can tell when I'm being too fake. Right. But when I'm being my authentic self, and people start being very abrasive, and pushing my buttons, and saying those things that bug me, it's tough for me to like not just go into fake mode. Because, mm-hmm. like, it's like if I'm being real right now, fuck you too, dude.
2: Fuck yeah. You, I'm working. You're yeah. Really a dick. Yeah, you know, yeah. it's like I like, oh,
1: hey, I'm just a guy, you know, like it's tough. So.
2: Yeah, we do. I do bulleted scripts for a reason. So it's just bullet points like I'll give I'll give a full on script word for word. This is what you need to say. Right. This is just an example. Do not follow this mm-hmm. like this is it's good and it gives you an example of what the word track is going to look like. But I'm going to give you this bulleted one so you can take this point and put this in your words. There's a reason we hit these points in this order. That's all I need you to do. The rest of that needs to be on you so putting it so that they're being genuine and almost forced to be genuine because they have that bulleted script um another thing that i i like to implement is for me when i have off days mix the bullets up a little bit because what generally is happening at least on my off days is i'm coming off as scripted because i'm not coming off genuine because i'm like this is the process this is what i need to stick to that's kind of the person i am i get too involved with the process mm-hmm. So I just stick to that. It comes off as scripted. I mix up the bullet points again, and then it throws me off enough that creates it a conversation Mm -hmm. instead of this is a script. Mm -hmm. So by doing and having those bullets, yeah, you can mix them up a little bit. There's certain ones that you can't. But if you can mix it up and throw yourself off to force it to be a conversation, at that point, Mm -hmm. then you're just two people talking to each other.
1: Yeah, I have like a the way that my script has become is like I, I have intentional pauses. Mm-hmm. So it 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 has to become a conversation. i can't be scripted. It's like I pause, say this, and then I pause, and they have to say something. And then now it has to be a conversation. It, it, I didn't do it for those reasons, but I'm going to keep that in mind. You know mm-hmm. what I mean? Yeah. Because for me, I was doing it so that it's like it doesn't feel. It, so that that way they're involved, they they start feeling invested in the conversation. You know, I say this then I wait to see what they say, and I say, yeah, yeah, and then I say that, and now we're having a talk instead of me being like, but I know Sam has a different style than me, and it works for him. so I don't want to Yeah, them. I
0: almost make it scripted at the beginning, because I'm. it's just, this is completely routine. I'm just telling you about this program real quick, solar fields, and then I just, like, maybe I should try your way of making, trying to make it more of a conversation, but usually I put the conversation right after the very beginning.
4: Mm-hmm.
0: But yeah, like the first, Five seconds that I'm talking, it's super just uh, the exact same pitch, like I've said it a million times. But
1: you have to do what works for you, too, though. So, like, I've tried to do it your way because I've seen you have success with it, and I've tried to go out and do it your way. And, like, halfway through the conversation, my way comes out, and (laughs) everything just gets weird because I can't be Sam. I'm Derek. Mm -hmm. I can't be like, hey, blah, 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 blah. Here you go. Smile and have a good day. (laughs) It's cool. Like, I try that, and then, like, halfway through, all of a sudden, I'm like, Anyways, it's like this. yeah. And then they're like, whoa, you just changed. Who are you now? And, and then they're like, are you scamming me? You know, like they start to get like that, you know? I so, think
0: too, like... Um, I just got to be me and you got to be you. You you, know? g- you guys think a lot about the words. I think a lot about like the tone. like How am I standing? How, like, what is the tone? And I put a lot of emphasis on that. So like, even though I'm saying the exact same thing every single time, every single time, I'm just like, how can I, how can my tone be different?
4: Hmm.
0: I do body language a lot.
1: I need to do more body language. I mirror I like I like
2: very intentionally mirror I like, do it on accident point, now.
4: To the point oh
1: really? Oh my god, yeah, because I'll
2: notice myself arms crossed and I'm like, hey, we're both doing it all right. All right.
1: <laughs> I heard a sales story. I did um I did training for selling base what basement waterproofing systems for a top quality company that's very expensive. They're not half-assed fixing your basement. Your basement's never gonna leak, again. Mm-hmm. But it's expensive, right? I heard the story that they were talking about one of their top salesmen who just could not close this lady and one of the trainers had just gone out he'd came in from another place just watching the top salesman like how's he gonna do so he's like oh i gotta perform for the big guy today And he at the end he, he finally closed this lady and they left and he's the the observer was like did you see what happened he's like no i don't like i lost her and all of a sudden i had her again i don't even know what happened he said you were like this and she was like this. And he's like, all of a sudden, you just went like this. And you're on the same level. <laughs> all of a sudden, she was like, oh, yeah. And started communicating with them. So, like, I do it to the point where I'm like, it's almost obvious. Like, sometimes I'm it's like, not, don't be no. obvious. Don't be obvious. It's not. Yeah. <laughs> don't be obvious. But i like, put my hand right where they are and put my foot right where they are. And they're kind of mimicking their tone a little bit, you
4: know? Yeah.
3: And,
1: yeah. But, but and I think that's, for me, why the, the, up, more the uh, up, excited, upbeat, like, quick doesn't work. Because then I'm like, it gets real obvious when I shift. <laughs> where if I'm kinda slow at the beginning and then I shift into mirroring, it works a little better. Huh. But yeah. And trying to find trying to find things I relate to people that have nothing to do with the deal helps me a lot. Right. You know. Old ladies, you're always seeing a picture of my kids. Mm-hmm. Every time. You know, <laughs> yep, here's a picture of my kids.
4: And I just do it like
1: that. <laughs> here's my kids. And they're like, Oh, you're a person. Yeah. <laughs> you know what yep. I mean?
2: Yeah, first thing that comes out of my mouth has nothing to do with the sale. It's always something about their house, something about their lawn. Oh, you do something that? Something you need I always lose them every time. time I do that. I do it, but I'm genuine about it. And I, Me too? I try to get them. I try to get them. Yeah, yeah, no. Like,
0: I have ADD. I, I'm just like, oh, that's a cool umbrella.
2: It depends. It depends. If, it's, if I see that I really like their flowers yeah. and the husband comes out, uh-huh. Fuck your flowers. <laughs> <Right>? <laughs> like I'm not saying anything about your flowers because it's the husband. He didn't. He didn't do that. Unless, he doesn't right. care. Unless he's like, "Hey, how's the going?" True. Way? Exactly. <laughs> exactly. If he comes out like that, I'm like, "Oh, your flowers? Oh my god." Like, your earring. Right. Exactly. Right. Yeah. So
1: yeah. I've heard of women using their looks uh, and their like flirtatiousness to close deals. You know, now, I've I've ran into an experience with going out there. I'm sure you guys have too um you're good looking dudes where you can tell the woman's vibe. Oh absolutely. Right. But I've never learned how to translate that into a close. Like I don't I don't know why. I don't know why. Like I've tried. I've had that situation happen before and I, I tend to lose them. Like when that's happening I'm like, oh this is happening. And then I'm like okay, <laughs> how, how can I use this to close the deal? Because I'm married. I'm not <laughs> trying to but I'm like I'll I'll use this to close the deal. I'm a salesman. Right. So but it never works.
3: I flare back. Yeah, that's Usually. probably
1: why. Because I'm like, I don't want to. I'm married. I'm not going to <laughs> yeah.
3: yeah, I think there's a certain level of flirting that is uh, professional and not personal. So it doesn't. You're not, you're not conveying anything. You're just basically kind of playing along with them. Mm-hmm. Um, because that's something. I mean, I've been in sales long, obviously, long before I was married, and that was something I when I, uh, especially got, you know, when I was dating, but especially when I got married, it was like, you know, it is, is this kosher? I never really, I I never like went overboard with it, but just kind of analyzing. And I think that basically a a base level of like, I don't know if I would even call it flirting. I, it's just basically, it's playing off their flirting, Mm -hmm. I guess is what I do. But yeah, it is, it takes, I mean, it takes keen into it. Um, and I can't. I don't know. I can't always do it with everybody, but I find that when I can do it, um, it does flow into a really easy close. Mm-hmm. Basically, just leading the leading. What's that saying? Leading the horse to water.
1: You guys. I you think. guys. Do you feel? Do you ever? Um, do you ever play with politics with people? I love playing with
2: politics. Oh with yeah. yeah. Yeah yeah yeah. When really? I pitch conservatives, absolutely. Mm-hmm. Yeah. So absolutely. I, okay. So oh, yeah. what do you do with?
1: Conser- <laughs> so we're talking about renewable energy. What do you do with conservatives?
2: Yeah. So they believe it's political power obviously yep. um and they they don't like that our tax money is going to it mm-hmm. and they're very obvious about it mm-hmm. and even if they're not obvious about it I'll lead them into it so that that becomes the so they issue can say it. exactly mm-hmm. yeah so that that is literally brought up and that's the issue is yeah our tax money is going to this we shouldn't be spending our money on some useless stuff like this blah 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 and i i frame it i'm like yeah i totally agree right mm-hmm. like why why spend our tax money we are frivolously spending it it's terrible but would you rather have our tax money, go to something that is or actually like building local jobs, helping our local community, staying here in the U.S., or would you rather it go to the Middle East for gender studies? Which would you prefer? (laughs) And I shit you not, they die every single time. They laugh so hard. Yeah, and they're like, you're right. I have a literal reporting I could show you of me saying that exact same thing.
1: This actually employs a lot of schools hmm <laughs> <laughs> <Yeah>. uh, uh, <laughs> no but uh a lot of I've, I've tried I've tried a little bit of that and a lot of times I get the well these panels come from China
3: mm-hmm. that and yeah. I don't know what to do with that the, the other thing I like to do uh along with that is to basically kind of feed into that yeah you that your tax dollars do pay for it but the law's already been written your tax dollars are already paying for it mm-hmm. the money's spent are you gonna turn down the discount just because they've spent your money the way you don't like it? Mm-hmm. So now they're giving you the opportunity to save a little bit. And so it's like, you know, it's that that seems to work with conservatives pretty pretty consistently too. It's not I like that. I'm gonna to have to try that. <laughs> yeah, so it works, to see what it I works. get for reactions. I'm definitely but.
1: using that.
2: Yeah. I'm gonna adapt it a little bit though, because I got I got jokes I can make. Oh yeah, no, you, <laughs> dude, you can literally throw anything in there. There's so many things we spend our tax money on overseas that mm-hmm. it drives them nuts, but at the same time it cracks a joke. While no. making a pretty serious point. Making people laugh can overcome an objection without overcoming it. Oh <laughs> yeah. So, yeah. For sure. yeah. Yeah, absolutely. Absolutely. Um he's like the king
1: of
0: one-liners too.
1: Oh yeah. So yeah, a lot of times with Sam and I, I'll I'll have this like well scripted thing I say. I'm like, it works, dude. And then he'll take it and then he'll just turn it into like three words, <laughs> <a sentence. laughs> And I can't remember what I used to say. People would be like, Do I have to do this with you? They want to do it on their own. Mm-hmm. And I had this little thing script I would say that would work and Sam took it and he was, like after a while I was like yeah so there's. he goes oh, I just tell him I have to authorize it. Like, that's great. Yeah. It works every time. It like, does. Nope, I have to authorize Can here. I finish this later?
0: Oh, well, I I have to authorize it. Okay. <laughs> yeah. So
3: so what do you do with uh with payments cuz um that seems to be a place where people especially especially uh newer people with the program but just in general uh it seems like people have trouble with losing people when they get to the payments. So how do you approach auto that? Pay? Yeah, autopay. How do you yeah. approach that? Do you approach it early on? Do you approach it uh you know midway when you get to it? What's so, your uh,
1: like I think too and we're getting kind of
0: specific here like you oh, talked about. Fine. Okay. So it's still say too, about sales. It's not a, yeah. Okay. Well, well this gonna... is
3: and, and overcoming autopay is the same thing as overcoming the close on a cell. I mean that's what I was going to say got the Can close we... on everything. That's so. exactly what I was going to say. Can we yeah okay you yeah. got Framing it for closing before the close is really that's yeah, how i look at it exactly so at what point do you bring up the biggest objection that auto anyone pay. is going to face
2: yeah um i mean there's there's one main way that i go through it and i do it no matter what unless they're already on auto pay if they are on online payment check they call in. it doesn't matter you i will frame it, it this online. way you can see it on the bill yeah so no matter what i frame it this way and the reason for that is because i would rather eight-mile lift, get ahead of it before it's an issue, even if it's a non-issue. like They could be online payment, totally fine with auto-pay. They just haven't set it up yet. They've just been lazy, right? Yeah. But still framing it this way, and that's why I have the process in place. Um, but I frame it as when our credits are applied to your electric bill, that's a guaranteed payment to your to your utility bill. No matter what, every single month, when we produce electricity, we're guaranteed payment on your bill. Now, we're not the utility, and you should frame it that you're not the utility, hopefully. Yeah. Um, <laughs> and, and we're, we're not the utility. So I can't come up here and disconnect your meter, right? Like we don't have that option. So since we're a guaranteed payment to your electric bill, we just like a guaranteed payment back to us. we run ours on an auto pay system familiar with auto pay. Awesome. You can kind of understand that, right?
4: So, <laughs> wasn't he the
1: good. one that said that hilarious? I was on a call. I was on a call and you're still on the same. And neither, none of us are on that, that guy's team anymore. But when you're all on that team, uh, <laughs> and you're on that meeting, and you go, this lady said, uh, I've never done auto pay for anything. And your response was, oh, so this is the first time you're going to do auto pay. That's yeah. Awesome. <laughs> <laughs> uh-huh. I love those. Just like straight blunt to the point,
2: simplistic, just assumptive
3: sumptive. Yeah. Se- assumptive yeah, yeah. selling. hundred percent. I had a uh, one with, with that where I was running into an issue. You were with me and I was like, I was like, so you, you write a check every month, right? Cause they were objecting with the payment a little bit. And they're, they're, they're like, yeah, I don't do anything on auto pay. I was like, so you write a check every month, right? Auto like, autopay is basically a digital check. You get the statement, <laughs> you can write it out in your you can deduct it out of your registry. You yeah. can write the date it's coming out. Uh, the only thing you're not doing is putting 50 cents on an envelope and mailing somebody a physical check that anybody could pull out of the mail. Mm-hmm. And they're like, oh so it's, it's like just the way you frame it. Yep. Frame I do try to fuck around it, with yeah. the
0: logic a little bit, even though it's we're not selling them logic, but I just try to explain like so what they do with your check.
2: Well, I always tell them the story of this one guy whose check got stolen in the mail, and the story of—they just did a news story on that literally last week. I think it was on Fox Nine. Can you oh, send wow. us of how the many link. <laughs> Do you have? The link? Uh-huh. I can get you because <laughs> yeah. I would love to. Share yeah, the they account. just did it because of people's tax returns, checks that they're sending to the IRS, um, or like you had to pay for your taxes, obviously. And they're it. jacking them, and they're still able to cash them. Wow, blows my mind. Literally says <laughs> to the IRS, wow. and the bank looks at that and goes. You look, you like, look like IRS. IRS. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. Oh, your ID says John. Oh, they, well, they just misspelled. They it, hired eighty-seven
3: thousand right? new ones. You yeah. must be one of them, huh? <laughs> yeah. just afraid because their
1: hair is purple and they go by they them. They're like, we can't. Miss this <laughs> yeah. <person."> yeah. <laughs> yeah. Well,
3: the
0: the I always tell them, yeah. I was like, so do you like write out a, if I know they don't write out a check. I'm like, do you like write out a check every single month? They're like, no. I was like, oh, okay, yeah. I ran into a guy once. He stopped going to Napa because they stopped taking his checks. So he won't go there because he only pays in check. And they're like, Yeah, that's kind of crazy. I'm like, yeah, anyway, this is where you set up your auto pay.
4: <laughs>
2: yeah. Yeah. Oh, yeah. If they if they write with a check, I just joke with them, I'm like, Oh, you haven't got a carpal tunnel yet? Write check? <laughs> <No>?
1: <laughs> so Sam Sam had a good one, I think. I don't remember how you worded it to the customer if you did, but you talk about when you were serving, like at a restaurant.
0: Yeah, so, I used to do that when I first started. I'd be like, yeah, I used to work at a, you know, restaurant. You know, people handed me their cards or checks all the time. Mm-hmm. If I was going to steal money, I'd steal it then.
4: Mm-hmm.
2: <laughs> yeah. yeah, I'd still be in that business. Yeah. yeah. So yeah. You give <laughs> your card business.
1: to a high schooler who probably doesn't wash their hands before you, they wrap your burger. But you can't <laughs> get your card in your online account. Yeah. This is yeah. yours. Right. Yeah.
0: One um. times. Or if you mail the check through the mail. Excel is just going to take that check and put it into their computer. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. They're one of those old people that have never had that actually turn someone. So I don't use it, but yeah, <laughs> I things... appreciate the advice. <laughs> yeah. There's things, that, there's things that I've thought of that are really
1: good, but I'm like, it doesn't work out there. But it sounds great.
0: <laughs> right. Mm-hmm. Well, they probably have that habit. They write the check every single month for years and years and years. And they just know it's dependable because they, that's what they always do. Mm-hmm. So it's yeah. like you and, uh, one of the other guys like they always sell on that your utility company is screwing you over and we're we're so much better and stuff like that and i always just try to fame it as like we're almost as close to excel as we possibly can because i know that they're depending on this is a bold on for your current service
1: i've changed that a lot that's all it is the reason i was doing that is because people were bitching about rate hikes like it was like a year year or so year and a half ago excel did a huge uh rate hike and so i was selling them on Excels were hiking. I even had like a Star Tribune article, like a show everywhere. Um, But I got away from that because it wasn't working anymore. Yeah.
2: Mm -hmm. Yeah. Because what happens when rates go up and we give a fixed saving? Your rate still goes up. I'm sorry. (laughs) (laughs) Um, Remember that one guy we were in, uh, we
1: were in Montevideo, and that guy was like all conservative and anti solar or whatever. And we left, and you're like, how did you convince that guy that this supports nuclear energy?
0: <laughs> yeah, he just made up some words out that did not make sense. He th- he believed it though. There, I believed there. it. And then he
1: told me it was I'm wrong. Like, and I was like, we used, we used to have this joke. We used to have this joke. We'd like, we sharpen each other. We used to have this joke. we like, don't ruin my truth. <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> if I believe this to be true. I'm saying it. It's working. Don't correct me because now I can't say it anymore because I know it's a lie. Yeah. But yeah, it was kind of funny. I basically. But I, I believe it to be true, but not, I Can't sell. It's ridiculous. But usually, with conservatives too, like um with the liberals, I find are actually harder to sell. I don't know if you find them Yeah, I find them way harder to sell than conservatives. Conser- I actually get excited if I see like a Trump sign mm-hmm. or I "Don't Tread yeah. on Me" flag or something. I get excited. You know, conservatives understand logic a little
3: better. Mm-hmm. It seems like, and liberals are more jaded usually. Mm-hmm. True,
4: and everybody's out
0: to get them. Yep. Which is right. why they're more jaded. Mm-hmm. Well, I think the liberals just like, I didn't see this on TV,
2: I don't believe it.
3: Right. No. Mm-hmm. Or maybe it's a product being more jaded.
2: Mm-hmm. They don't I've noticed they don't like the people interaction. Yeah. Right, exactly. They, they don't it's... want they don't want face to face. They want, want you online
3: off the door, or off their doorstep. Exactly. Well, exactly. There's not really a funny. good time to come back, but I but... guess begrudgingly my wife will be home at seven.
2: I seem yeah, like you need to talk to her. my
3: partner. It's not my wife. You're right, you're right. It's my partner. Yeah, yeah. That, one dude, lady that drives the, me nuts. <laughs> yeah. life. Oh, well, it is wife sometimes. <laughs> it, it's is, a, no, it's it is a, if it's a purple haired chick you're talking to, my wife will be home at seven. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> yeah. That, lady, yeah. That,
1: lady, that lady, we're in the middle of there's a house in the middle of a court. Right? The middle like, of bumfuck nowhere. Bumfuck nowhere. We knock on this door. This lady's got purple hair. <laughs> and she goes, I the I actually just uh, pay rent. The utility is in my landlord's name. I was like oh where does he live right and she goes why would you assume it's a heat? and I <laughs> I like doubled down and then I got nervous and backed out I doubled down I was like oh yeah I didn't mean to make assumptions so where does he live <laughs> and then she told me because it was a he <laughs> and, then, and then I got all weird I was like oh maybe I made it weird I, I don't mean to assume sorry mm-hmm. <laughs> but yeah I feel like liberal people too they like to feel like the smartest person knowledge is power knowledge is I was explaining this to someone, but, um, like, yeah, conservatives. Conservatives generally um, a lot more often believe in God, and a lot more often are looking for a savior, right? That's why they put their, and we're, I know we're getting political, but they put their false hopes in, political in a Bush or a Trump or, a, <laughs> right? They put their hope in a person because they they're waiting for a savior. Mm-hmm. Where liberal people, knowledge is God, like rationality, logic, knowledge is God. And we've figured everything out. This is the science. And a lot of times, it's not actual knowledge or logic that's got. They just think that they know everything. And whoever the elites are feeding them the crap, they believe. Like you said, it's well, not on TV. I don't believe it. I well, think they're, so they're scared, scared to death,
3: people, actually that they don't have know it. everything. They're, so, they're, so they have to hold on to it really, really hard.
2: A bro. <laughs> that
3: fucking thing is on the screen. Oh, <laughs> <what did laughs> I know what
0: it actually is. They're not open minded. That's why they believe everything that's on the TV. But conservatives, they're I mean, I don't I'm not saying they got everything right. They're enough open minded that they don't believe everything on the TV. They sometimes believe this Q crazy thing or something like that. There's you know, there's people that are way too open minded. Um, but they're more open minded and more down to earth. Whereas the liberals just like, no, this is my world. This I understand everything and blah blah blah. I you just walk up to my door, I don't know anything about this. Mm. I didn't I see this on TV. I think it's fear, though, because it, it, thats all and driven fear, by yeah.
3: fear. Because there were well, they're fear afraid. hinders
0: being open and learning.
3: Well, that's that's exactly the point. They're afraid that somebody else knows something that's going to disprove what they know, and therefore they're afraid to entertain any ideas that could oppose their own, because that's a personal. That's the, for them. Their knowledge is very personal. So you you break. You they break don't want to be afraid. Fringe... No, and it hurts them. It's like you're chipping away at who they are, at their identity. Um, they won't yeah. want to be outside the pack yeah and Fringe. that's where it's like so going back to that whole idea of religion it's like most conservatives they find their identity outside of themselves yeah. so if they if they're truly seeking truth they're not seeking it within in themselves so if somebody gives them new information they're, they're more I think conservatives are just more willing to meld to that or at least middle of the road more liberty-minded people are willing to meld mm. into new ideas well, and, if they make sense
1: and i' I've, I've learned to get over,
3: that's those walls
1: immediately if i can tell by the signs of the flags (laughs) immediately right like i knocked on someone's door yesterday and they had a black flag right and immediately i was like hey i saw the black flag i knew you'd be my type of people Mm -hmm. you know so now it doesn't matter if i'm talking about renewable energy we're the same person Mm -hmm. you know and like i'll knock on someone with uh and i try to be genuine too though right so i see someone with like a rainbow flag and knock on the door and they answer and I i was like i saw your flag i knew you guys Mm-hmm. You know, and they're like, "Oh yeah, we're friendly. We're we're, we're the rainbow people. You know, <laughs> we're, the, we're the inclusive community." I'm like, "Yeah, I knew you guys would be friendly."
2: Or yeah, I'm a cis white male You put them in the box, but the box that they're in is already their identity. But you make it out to be a good thing, mm-hmm. right? Yep. And like, and that I'm I'm
1: that too. Mm-hmm. And I don't even have to lie, because like, I'm not into the rainbow flag shit. I would never vote for Trump, right? But like, I make him feel like I'm part of it without even being disingenuous. Mm-hmm. Like someone with the Trump Trump sign in their yard. I wasn't. <laughs> You guys, I don't know if you guys were you guys knocking during the Trump and Biden freaking uh, not Trump and Biden but anyways
2: before that before what Trump's, I started knocking at COVID I haven't stopped so so during that election
4: yeah
1: right, yeah, yeah there's people with the signs and the signs in their yard right now oh to a team, ton right? of them yeah so with people with Trump people immediately like I can relate to them without ever talking about all uh, political parties I knock on the door and I say as like, like, a senior sign I knew you guys were my people. We're not here to talk about all this propaganda bullshit that you see on CNN. And they're like, yeah, what's up, dude? You yeah. know what I mean? And I'm being genuine. I don't believe that CNN. Rebel I don't Bud believe Light. their crap either. Yeah. But, you know, I can connect with them in that way. So, like, you know, and then I'd be, you know, someone's got a Biden sign. I'm like, you know, you believe that crazy shit that Trump tweeted? I don't even have to say how I feel about it. Wasn't that crazy? you they're like, yeah, it's crazy. Anyways, you know, and then we get to the <laughs> But I, I don't know, I, I don't feel like this as much anymore, but there was a while there when I got good that I felt like a lot of times what I was doing was like,
2: look up here. Mm-hmm. But then like the deals happened. Mm-hmm. Right. You know, Exactly so, what was happening to them because they have a sign in their yard. Yeah. yeah. <laughs> <And> they <didn't laughs> the exact same shape. <laughs> Who is they Yeah. Yeah.
0: <laughs> well, is that a wrap? I think that'll be a wrap. Should we close them? Yeah, we should close it. All right.
1: <laughs> should we refer them
4: to another podcast? Mm-hmm. <laughs> we should get them to oh, refer a, a been- listener.